Can you like some of the old and not some of the new and still not be considered an old fuddy-duddy? That's next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Honey, where's the Claritin? We can't find it. We've looked everywhere and we need it. We're both kind of sniffling and we've got sort of grovelly voices and we're kind of uh, coughing and hacking and now we're all worried that if President Trump can get COVID, so can we. And uh, who knows? We can't find it, but that's okay. We'll get through it and uh, we'll survive to live another day. Welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast, recording on this a blazingly sunny Friday here in Northeast Ohio, but man, is it chilly. I mean, not like snow chilly, but you, snow chilly, hmm, what if Donna's ever made that? Um, One of those mornings where you just know that the weather has turned, not necessarily turned for the worse, but the deck and the porch are starting to be covered with some leaves. The burning bushes across the street are uh, starting to emerge, and uh, we're we're moving ever closer to that word that we don't really want to say, called winter. But we're going to live in the now, and we are going to enjoy what is turning out to be a very nice morning, sniffles notwithstanding. Speaking of porches and deck, we uh, we achieved a major victory last weekend when confronted with probably the last couple of days of 80-degree temperatures, we opted to paint our front porch, something we have just been avoiding doing for the longest time. In fact, I've avoided it so much Then I even went on to the Nextdoor app and secured a couple of quotes from people trying to see if I could actually afford to pay somebody to do it. I mean, it was was that much of an arduous task in my brain. I just do not want to paint or restain or whatever we had to do to make the front porch presentable. The back deck, which is about three times the size of the front porch, needs it just as badly, but... We concentrated just on the front porch, and I finally said to her, okay, listen, I have the quotes. The quotes don't sound very good. I'm not paying somebody $700 to repaint my porch. Let's just do it ourselves, and so that's what we did, and we took one of our little Alexa units out on the front porch. We plugged it in. We got uh, the tools that were necessary, and we went ahead and took care of business. And so it looks good. My back is actually still hurting a little bit from that, but uh, it looks good nonetheless. This was also the weekend that I was destined to go down to Kentucky to see my buddies, Ron and Gary. And because of all of the events that have occurred in Louisville over the past week, uh, that trip has been put on a temporary hiatus. And so hopefully before the snows come back, maybe we can reschedule that. So to counterbalance that, I said to Donna, you know what? 
kind of in the mood now to do something else. What other little project do we have to do? Because I go in spurts, you know, years and years of not doing anything. And then all of a sudden I want to get everything done. So maybe we'll do that during this particular weekend, which really should not be too terribly bad of a weekend here in Northeast Ohio. We will be without baseball because again, our Cleveland Indians flubbed the dub in the playoffs. And who knows what we'll be calling them next spring. It's hard to say, but uh, that's kind of what's going on here in Northeast Ohio. When my bride and I are driving around, we oftentimes talk about how crappy today's cars look. And, you know, Donna has a few years on me. And so she grew up when the vehicles coming out of Detroit were not the muscle car variety, the cars that I was brought up on. She was kind of brought up on vehicles that were extremely recognizable, uh, extremely classic, two-tone white walls, cars that had a lot of character. And so we oftentimes say to ourselves, boy, look at that car. That SUV looks exactly like this SUV, which looks exactly like that SUV. And boy, wouldn't it be great if they could just make cars the way they used to? And it got me thinking about old versus new and which is better. Now, one always runs the risk of moving into old fuddy-duddy territory by saying that old was always better than new. But I try not to always hover in that area because... For every reason I could give somebody as to why vinyl is better than listening to an MP3, there's a piece of modern technology that I would find it very difficult to run my day-to-day -day operation without. I mean, imagine having no access to email. I mean, this would be a catastrophe. When I first started working at the public radio station, which is really not too far from me, back in the early 90s, all of those two days that I spent there, that particular station was just coming into using something called electronic mail. And as the program director had gathered us around and was trying to explain how email worked, I was really both amazed and confused because I didn't really understand what electronic mail was. I didn't really understand word processing, which meant I really didn't understand typing a note and then hitting a send button with a mouse using a cursor. But somehow this was going to revolutionize the way they communicated with each other. And all I kept thinking in the back of my mind was, would it just be better if I just put a, one of those little pink telephone notes? on top of your desk and let you know that you have a message? Or wouldn't it be better if I just took a post-it note and just wrote on it that I need to see you at 2.30 this afternoon? Why do I have to send this note electronically through the mail? But now, I couldn't imagine organizing my day without 
using the really 40 to 50 to 60 emails that I send and receive throughout the day. My whole world and the whole enterprise here in the basement layer depends on timely, topical, and working electronic mail. But I remember a time when things seemed better. When Donna and I first met, we were actually teachers together at a small business college in Canton. It was a for-profit, proprietary college, and Donna taught in the medical program, and I taught everything else outside of business. Anything I could get my hands on, speech or writing or resume, construction, anything that really didn't have anything to do with anything that students really were going to have a career with. So I didn't teach accounting, and I didn't teach medical terminology, and I didn't teach data entry. I taught all the stuff they had to take but didn't really want to take until they got in the classroom with me and they realized how fun I was. <laughs> but we had a receptionist who was a former student, and her name was Marveline. And Marveline, when you got a phone message, would take one of those pink phone message things and she would write your name at the top and then she would write the message and so that nobody else saw what the message was she would fold the bottom up towards the top and she would crease it right underneath your name and then she would turn it around so that when you came in the door from lunch or whether maybe you were out or maybe you were just arriving for the day and you would walk over and in front of her phone system would be these lines of pink phone messages and you would be able to choose your particular phone message and then you would know who called you and there was nothing more thrilling than getting a phone message as long as it wasn't from a bill collector and at the time i wanted to be on the radio and so i would send out these packages to secure part-time positions and obviously when i saw a pink phone message with my name on it, I was hoping that that pink phone message was going to be some program director who was interested in this package that I just sent. So it was very exciting when Marveline would say, Matthew, you have a phone message. But we don't do that anymore. We wait for the ding on our computer or we wait for a notification on our phone. And while getting an email that you're expecting can be exciting, there was just something personal about this human person who took the time to write this message and put it on the pink phone sheet and put your name on the top of it. It was almost like you were not only just getting a phone message, but you were getting a personalized message about the phone message. And it added something to it. I thought about that the other day when I was at the grocery market, wondering how all of us were doing with COVID-19 and what we were doing before COVID-19, how this had completely renovated our lives and how we all would yearn to have what was old back again, that we would do everything in our power if we could to make What's happening right now completely dissipate so that we can have what we had before. And in a broader sense, I wonder 
if sometimes it just isn't easier to have what you had before, how many more new things can there be? How many more updates can there be to my phone? My old iPod won't even work anymore. There are no more software updates for it. And now the iPod is completely full. Now, I put this question out several months ago to people about replacing my iPod, and they all acted like, well, hey, fuddy-duddy, who uses an iPod? It's called a phone. But that iPod won't even update to any new operating system, so it's basically done its job. The iPad I have will no longer offer any updates to any apps that are on the iPad. So everything that's on the iPad ceased updating at least three years ago. So naturally, it means that I need to go out and find a new iPad. Sooner or later, my phone. It will no longer be offered in its current state. So I will have to go find a new phone. Just like my Windows 7 computer will no longer be offered in its current state and will no longer be offered maintenance in its current state. So everybody had to go to a new operating system. So the newness never stops. The newness will never cease. But at the store the other day, I reached for my mask and I made my way towards the front of the Aldi. And somebody who had put their groceries in their car went to move towards the line of carts to replace the cart and to get their quarter. And they saw me walking towards the carts. And this particular person said, do you need a cart? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. And so I reached my hand in my pocket to retrieve my quarter. And she said, oh, no, no quarter necessary. That's okay. Just uh, give it to somebody else. And part of the problem with masks is that we can no longer smile. I mean, we can smile, but nobody can see it. And I could tell, though, that she was smiling at me because the way her eyes kind of lifted upwards. Isn't this strange in the world of COVID-19 that we have to use these markers as ways to confirm <laughs> what is or what isn't? And I'm sure she could tell in some way that I was smiling in appreciation and in gratitude for what she had just done for me. Even though it was worth a quarter, it was still a very nice gesture. So while I was shopping inside the Aldi, I kind of leaned back as I was reaching up to get some gala apples. And I was just looking at all of these various people with all of their various masks, going about all of their various duties, some shuffling a little more quickly than others because they didn't really want to be inside this place too much longer than they really had to be, and others seemingly distracted, some seemingly not distracted, really just going about their daily chores, 
no different than any other time except that they had to wear a mask. And I looked at all these people and I wondered whether their lives and our lives had really been changed all that dramatically by the technology at our disposal. Had it taken away the human element to the extent that we no longer feel it necessary to reach out in the human ways that we did before. Which is better, new or old? We don't like phone calls anymore. People don't like to talk on the phone. I can admit that there are times when I don't particularly appreciate talking on the phone. Because now it's just easier to text. And you can consolidate all of your emotions into one phrase or one sentence, and then you can just let it be at that. You don't have to offer any punctuation if you don't want to. You don't have to offer any sense of emotion past an emoji. So we've given ourselves over the whole spectrum of human emotions. We've given it over to an emoji package that either comes with our phone, that we can download for free, or that we can purchase. So think about that. We're purchasing packages of emojis to express our emotions when we could just pick up the phone and express our emotions through the phone. And I think that's what I was wondering during that day at WKSU. How am I going to express these emotions in an electronic mail? How does that work exactly? And in order to avoid fuddy-duddiness, my contention is that to a certain extent, all of the new is phenomenal, but there has to be an occasional injection of the old. Sometimes you have to pick up the phone. Sometimes it's easier to pick up the phone. It's tough writing a real letter. It seems almost odd and almost awkward to write a real letter. Some young people don't even write in longhand. They wouldn't even either know how to write in longhand or have done so so infrequently that it would just seem like a complete bother. But I received my card from my cousin Sandy the other day, the card that I referenced in an earlier podcast. And when I saw the envelope in the mail and I walked back into the house with the card, I couldn't wait to open the card. Because now I've recognized her kind of flowery writing. And just knowing that the interior of that card was going to be covered from top to bottom with all of these thoughts and all of these emotions, where I get this little capsule piece of her world, of her life. And it just thrills me to get that card in the mail. And I know that this piece of old fuddy-duddiness, just a little bit of it, is thrilling to the young folks too. I don't know that my wife knows this, but since her diagnosis, I've sort of taken over this task of sending cards in the mail and sending packages in the mail. And my general rule is that nieces, 
nephews, cousins. If they're still in school, I try, if the budget will allow, to get them something to go with their card. If they're out of high school, well, then they just get a card. But in the card, I want to physically, with penmanship, write the note in the card. Their birthday note or their graduation note or something like that, whatever the occasion calls for. But as I like to tell her, I can't express how cool it is to get a modern text from one of these nieces or nephews saying how much they dug getting the card in the mail. And the card didn't even have to have anything in it. It didn't have to have a $10 bill. It didn't have to have a check. It didn't have to have a gift card. It was just a card that told them how great they are, hope they have an awesome day. And just to get the card in the mail is so old school that it puts all the new stuff kind of in its place. Like, it's great to get texts, but it's better to get a card. So, I'm grateful that sometimes the old gets its little sliver of space in the new. I never want to be accused of ceasing to live past 1982. I mean, I have some friends who will go nameless, but I have some friends who pretty much have chalked it up, say, after the mid to late 80s. Like, they don't listen to any new music, and they don't watch any new movies, and they don't read any new books, and they don't do anything really past that time frame. They have very little use for the modern infrastructure. And that would be completely the opposite case for me. I would not be able to survive, nor would this little enterprise that I'm still trying to keep alive and kicking here in the basement layer. It would no longer be able to survive either. But I'm grateful that Sometimes the old gets its place in the new. That sometimes you just got to make a phone call. Sometimes you just got to send something through the mail. So love the new. Love the new. But let the old slide one in occasionally. I think it'll make you appreciate things a little more. I referenced this last week that uh, if you are a regular podcast listener, meaning you subscribe to podcasts, and you do that on a fairly regular basis, I would urge you to check out Recovery Talks, the podcast. It is hosted by Mark Lee Shannon, who is becoming a very good podcast host in his own right. and. While it does focus on people in recovery, and that recovery can be anything really, drug and alcohol abuse, it can be sexual abuse, it can be anxiety issues, 
really anything where recovery allows somebody to move from one place to another, hopefully for the better, uh, this podcast really can be interesting on a variety of levels, and I would urge you to check it out. You can find it on all of the platforms where you find the Gratitude Journal. It's called Recovery Talks, the podcast, and um, I would urge you to download and listen. Until then, we are going to find another project before the snows hit, and hopefully that project will be inside because the thought of putting a hoodie on and bundling up and painting the garage just really doesn't sound all that great right now. So hopefully that project will <laughs> will stick around inside. And of course, now that the Indians are toast, I will have lots more time to pick up the pace on projects, whether they're inside or outside. So once again, thanks for downloading and listening to another edition of the Gratitude Journal podcast. <laughs>